0: is their year. They must be playing defensive.
1: Schweikl's not coming up for this one. I think she's done enough. Is this their moment?
2: Hello and welcome to the United Community Podcast and we're back with another episode on the back of a disappointing weekend for Manchester United uh, and of course we're going to get into it uh, in depth. Uh, we're going to talk about Casemiro, of course, big talking point, was it a red card? Uh, we're also going to talk about the potential handball and the penalty that United should have had uh, and we're going to talk about VAR and what a shambles it is and why is it so inconsistent and potentially should It'd be gotten rid of, basically. Um, We're going to talk about Arsenal as well. Obviously, they're showing real title-winning form. Great result for them on the weekend. Again, uh, away to Fulham. Uh, we're going to talk about Chelsea. Also, have they turned a the corner under Graham Potter? Has the ownership of Chelsea been proven right to stick with them? Uh, we're going to talk about Liverpool also. Back to reality for Liverpool was the result against United the week before uh, papering over the cracks basically uh, Of the issues there And we're going to talk a little bit about relegation And who we think might go down as well Rice is back with us, how are you doing bud? All right, Jackie How are we getting on, all good? All good you, all good All good, yeah all good Look let's jump straight into it Manchester United um, On the weekend Disappointing result against Southampton Obviously look on the back of The Liverpool result the weekend Before Two games One point Uh What did you make of it as a game in general?
1: Yeah, um, again, i only seen highlights of the United game, but, oh, look, if you're down to 10 men, you're going to realistically take a draw. United didn't, I don't think they played terrible as a whole. Uh, Sending off obviously killed it. You could see how good the players were themselves for Casemiro when he got sent off. It shows how big or, you know, kind of the statement he's made with them already. Yeah. When they are waiting, the VAR review the players when they kind of, when the ref signaled that it was rescinded yellow and straight red. Then the players gathered around them. They got they were got for him. Mm. Um,
2: give, me your, give me your opinion like, on it. What, do you think it was a red card?
1: Yeah, I I don't think it was it was like f- far from intentional. But look, that that there shows itself. I know sometimes when you show a still image or slow it down, it looks a lot worse, yeah. but. If you actually even watch it normal time, he doesn't dive in with two feet, but he actually leaves the ground where his uh, left leg there is kinked bent backwards. All right. But he's still for a split second. His whole body is off the ground and he lunges into it. He was not in control fully of himself. It was unlucky that he hit the top of the ladder, the ball and came over it. But that could have been a, a very, very ugly injury there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I, think there's any arguments. Maybe United fans are saying harsh and all this. I don't think anybody can truly give a proper argument. Nobody's saying it's intentional. He didn't go out to hurt him. He yeah. went to win the ball, a strong challenge. But I think when he looks back at that, even himself, that he'd know.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: No, I agree. I think I, it, I live when it was happening, I said, no way. I thought it was a soft free that the ref gave. Uh, but looking back on it, I, I I did instantly say, "Oh, that's a that's a bad one. It's a red card." Uh, now, and and a lot of a lot of um, I suppose a lot of conversation has been going on about VAR over the last few days, uh, and and one of the big I suppose talking points in relation to VAR and what people are saying is that it shouldn't referees shouldn't be allowed to see incidents in slow motion, and it should only be in you know normal time as as the ref is calling it as he sees it would you agree with that in any way or do you, you yeah know? well there's
1: fours and against that like obviously if the decision is going with you like if that was the other way around yeah and that attacker was on a man united player and it looked at in real time like he'd be screaming saying oh look how bad that is slowed down it even looks worse so yeah. you're you're kind of at this side of the fence this week, but like you could be on the flip side of it next week, and if that tap- tackle happened to a United player, you would be absolutely disgusted. You'd be calling the player a scumbag and everything. Um, yeah. Again, Casemiro is a tough tackle. I actually thought he came with a worse reputation than he did. I was reading he never had a red card in his career before.
2: Yeah, he's been sent off twice for, for, for um, Real Madrid, but for two yellows each time.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Now he has, what is it, two reds in three or four games?
2: Two reds? Oh, no, not three or four games, no. I think the first no. one was... Was
1: uh... what, is he only back then three or four games since a suspension?
2: Um, no, I think he's been no, he's been back more. Now, maybe in the league, I'd say, he's, he's probably only played maybe three or four league games, but in total, he's been back maybe five or six games, I think. But I think it's 26 games he's played uh, well, so he never far. Was doing his
1: first game back? Someone today sent me a, a message, and they told me to read it out on this... <laughs> Maybe, said Maybe. no, that's he, fucking
2: Liverpool fans getting on there now. Guys. Sent
1: off, suspended, suspended. these were his last games, sent off, suspended, 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 lost seven nil, sent off. Now he'll be suspended for the next three. So I'd say that is league game. So the Liverpool game must be his first game. So that'd be one, two, three, four, five. Six, Liverpool
2: five. fans are really clutching at straws, aren't they? They're really holding on to things to shout about this season.
1: Yeah, still look, it's already after getting a bit of a reaction out of you there now, you know. Look, Liverpool are the disappointed with their season i suppose they'll be writing it off they'll be still hoping for top four because that's all they have to really hope for um yeah yeah you know which you yeah, understandable you can understand that they would be clutching for that like and if so be it if they're to cheer for this season is top four if they get that in the end and to beat united 7-0 so be it they'll write off the season just have bragging rights over that win for a while you'll mm-hmm. have a trophy in the back pocket yeah you just have I mean, to go forward with it
2: Let's stick with the VAR for a minute because yep. obviously there was there was more than the red card in relation to incidents in the United game. Uh, and I want to bring in the, the actually before we move on to the, to the handball. Your man Andrew Mariner was the uh was the video assistant referee. He was in charge of it uh, the other day and he was also in charge of the uh the Chelsea game the night before and there was what seemed to be now, I, I, again, I don't want to be looking at this from a, a United standpoint, but if you're looking at it, the, the challenge on on uh, Joe Felix looked a lot more intentional. It looked just as bad as Casemiro's, but it looked a lot more intentional, and he didn't even get a yellow card. Yeah, yeah, um, that is. Consistency, uh, no, I, really, isn't it? That it is consistency.
1: About? It is consistency. And I was reading up today that your man Dermot Gallagher, or so I know he's not always correct or anything like that, but they were kind of saying it's very hard. It's different, like, when they're looking for consistency, they're looking for consistency from a referee throughout 90 minutes of a game. Every game is different, so you're going to have different actions, reactions, different situations. It's very different. It's very difficult to have refs consistent with each other throughout the whole board, if it makes sense that, like, they're all different personalities, different... There's a set of guidelines and a set of rules, but, like, different refs will interpret interpreted in different ways uh i know it'd be in an ideal world like everything would be fully consistent but it's never going to happen to way they're not robots everything isn't always black and white and it has to be made a decision on the spot that's the whole reason var was brought in to try and rule rule out human error but sometimes it seems to cause more issues than it actually settles because it kind of goes into such detail on it like, it's not too bad with offsides, because it's black and white. They can put that line across, and they're either off or they're not. Whether it's off by two mil with their knee, they're either on or off.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: I know what but you mean. Tackles and things like that. That one was very bad on the, on the Felix of Chelsea. That was a very bad tackle. Again, I don't know if it was, that was so early in the game. Shouldn't be any excuse for it. Yeah, yeah. But he was caught nastily, and it kind of went down the leg almost. He ended up started it, up yeah, kind of halfway in. down his shin, yeah. and ended up at his ankle. It was a nasty one to get. Intentional? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, well, see went the, the reason
2: why I would probably say intentional in that in well maybe not fully intentional, but more so is that Felix has passed him with his run, and he's gone yeah. away from the the ball is gone away from the player, and then he sticks the foot in. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's crazy thought, place even to be.
1: Putting in a tackle like that, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, well, um, I do know. You can be. And what did you say that Mariner or Mariner was on? He was in the VAR office on both. On both, yeah.
2: yeah. And can they go and to
1: he... VAR without the ref making a decision? Uh, because again, I watched Dermot Gallagher earlier on, and he said that the referee waved that away straight away, waved it away. Yeah. He said the fourth official was in a much better view of it. And he doesn't know if they're talking on the headset or not, but he said the ref straight away waved it away as in.
2: Yeah, I I think I think VAR gets involved if only if it's a clear and obvious error. You know what I mean? That that phrase keeps getting thrown around. Now I I do know that VAR gets involved if you're going to upgrade a yellow to a red. But if they're serious foul, if they're serious dangerous play, uh, I think they can get involved as well. Um, but it's just the consistency of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's 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 so frustrating. And look, not just from a Manchester United standpoint. If I was Bournemouth or West Ham or, you know, Nottingham Forest fans, I would be livid over what happened in Old Trafford as well. Because you're looking at Southampton getting a point uh, and, and fighting in a relegation battle where there should have been a clear penalty for United as well. Which yeah. We're gonna move, uh, which we're going to ball, and uh, Yeah, the handball. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like... Talk to me about that How is How Like Obviously United fans Were going to get Very passionate about it How is it not given
1: Yeah I know Look Just from playing football I kind of do some Mad things from time Like the ball might be Down there And I might Dive down low To header it You know Instead it's just Kind of instinct You're not even Planning on doing it I really don't know Like he's in his own Box here What is he doing Like (laughs) I And he actually Has a whole look Of guilt about him If that clip there Could play like, yeah. he lifts his hand up straight away and looks, do you know, I to got, kind of say. Yeah, so look, that wasn't there, intentional. It, the <laughs> yeah, yeah, straight away to kind of say. So he would have known himself, felt that hit his arm. Yeah. It wasn't his hand. I think it hit his upper arm. Maybe it hit, bicep. hit his
2: bicep and, yeah, then, bicep and then hit his chest after. Yeah, it.
1: But it, it clearly... Has an effect on where the ball's going Because if he had his arm up like that the whole time The ball either would have went straight past him Or just take a slight deflection off the side of his chest Of yeah. his kind of torso Um, Yeah, I I do think that was I, I do think that was a penalty, yeah Yeah, it's, and, and
2: what, what what makes it frustrating I mean, you look at Vout Weghorst behind him Vout Vegars has his foot out Ready to take a first touch You know what I mean? On the penalty spot and the ball is clearly stopped from getting to him by a hand. It's I, I yeah, it's a frustrating one. It really is. And that changes the outcome of the game. That's that's before Casemiro gets sent off. You oh, know, it is
1: definitely you're going in then at half time. I just seen the time on that there. I didn't clock earlier on what it was. It's see forty two minutes or something, was it? You're going in on a stroke yeah. at half time then, one 0 up, tails are up. Yeah. Um you're gonna come out. And what's that thing before United have never been leading a half time and lost a fixture in the Premier League, isn't that correct?
2: Yeah, United have never lost a Premier League game going into yeah. halftime. Uh, and league. United
1: in the match, I felt were comfortable enough. What way did you think? So,
2: yeah, so like it—it was—it uh, was—it was a kind of a typical first half performance by United. I thought—I um, thought we started very well, created a couple of chances, unlucky maybe not to get a goal. I—I'm worried about the lack of shots were taken. I get into that in a moment, um, but kind of the more the first half went on, the more. Southampton got into the game, I think maybe after About 20-25 minutes, they looked Like the better team for for maybe a 10 or 15 minute period After that, when we actually went down to 10 men, I think we went down to 10 men in Around the 35 minute mark, we actually Played our best football after That, and we looked our most dangerous Creating chances Uh, Second half, I thought I thought United were very resolute. I have to give big um, shout-outs to the defenders and to David De Gea. He made some very good saves and we kept our shape very well. Uh, it's uh, it's frustrating that we got someone sent off so early. Uh, but I think...
1: Uh, yeah, like Southampton did come out and they had their fair share of shots and things like that. Their tails were up for a while, but like they weren't putting many of them on target. They weren't... no, no. Like,
2: well, I, I like if you look at I was looking at some of the stats today, and James Ward-Prowse had the most interceptions, the more most passes, uh, most chances created. He he basically dictated the uh, the tempo of the game. And if I was Manchester United or Eric Ten Hag, I'd be going in, in the summer. I'd be testing their resolve for him. I'd be saying, you know, let's see, even if they don't go down and they stay up, uh, I think he could. I think he's a fantastic footballer. I've been saying it for a few years now. He's got a great set piece on him, and but. Look, United were unlucky to go down to ten men. I think, uh, I think, in hindsight, looking back on it, probably not the worst point. You know what I mean? It could have been a lot worse. Oh, uh, look! If he
1: if, if he had come back, I know he had a good win there midweek, and it was grand to get the tails back up, and you know, ideal fixture really to come back into. Yeah, betters are decent side. They're doing all right in the Spanish league again I think it shows the absolute difference between the Premier League at the minute and the Spanish league um like United bar them, really is comfortable yeah. you're going into an away leg yeah. now where you can rest up a few players you're not going to lose 3-0 to them away yeah um he probably won't it's not Ten Hag style by the looks of me to him and not in-depth knowledge of United now but well, it doesn't seem to be a style to really change things up massively for games oh, he might make oh. a few changes but i still think he'll have the core like look casemiro is definitely going to play it because he needs to keep game time in him yeah. anyway yeah. and it's kind of ideal to have that there for him as i said to you previously i don't mean to be going off on a wonder now but as i said to you previously me being a neutral i wouldn't think the europa league is anyway prior priority free but look the barcelona win was a great win, great win for the club, great night in Europe. You were over at there yourself. Um now just see how it goes. You're true, Betis. Then you're in a quarter final. Do you start taking it seriously then? Like it's hard to look past it when you're that far into it. As I said, I wouldn't have been worried if you lost to Barca, but now you're kind of there. Still wouldn't prioritize it, but
2: yeah, I think it's I think it's a kind of a I think it's a kind of a, a competition now where like if you look at Let's if you look at Arsenal, for example, they're 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 not not that they're not taking it serious, but they're obviously prioritizing the Premier League over the Europa League. Yeah, and they've they've drawn two two with with Sport and Lisbon, so they have it all to do in the second leg. If they go out, United are looking. I think United are I think with the bookies, United are are favourites already. I mean, it does guarantee a, a way back into the Champions League next year. Uh, as well I know so, look It
1: would be nice to win it United are a kind of a, I would I say I think it would
2: be A fantastic achievement For, for Ten Hag To win a, a European trophy Albeit it's 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 not the The one you want to win But to win a, a European trophy And a domestic Trophy In the same in, the, in his first season I think would be A brilliant achievement
1: Yeah yeah It would look It would be good For the club I don't think it'd be massive in the history books of the club. Or I don't think it's going to for course. years to come or anything. Yeah, of but course. But yeah, look, it's always nice to win a trophy, whatever way. Great day out for the fans as well. Yeah, wherever the good. final is on, they would be all over cheering. But yeah, I think it'd be nearly in Arsenal's best interests to lose to Benfica. Not that they're going ever throw a troll game, but or not Benfica Sporting, sorry. Sporting, yeah. Uh, but like Arsenal, just we'll talk about them a bit later on the program. But they are, they're pouring. Oh, they are. They are.
2: Yeah, they're foreign. Well, I just, the one thing I would say about United, and I want to just bring up the league table here as well really quick, uh, because, you know, top four is not all guaranteed for United yet. There's a lot of work left to do in the Premier League. You know, like yeah, you, top, look at the, you look or, at that league table there. Spurs are two points behind us. Okay, we have a game in hand.
1: It's crazy. It's crazy with Spurs. Like, if I envisage Spurs season, you'd be thinking Spurs are around 7th, eight. In the table it's crazy to think they're even up that far and they've had some horrendous results this season and anytime they seem to get a tiny bit of momentum they go a step backwards
0: yeah
1: um like son is having one of the worst seasons of his career albeit he scored at the weekend um like they're still kind of clutching and hanging in there newcastle kind of fell off the boil a bit there right at the wrong time in around the time of the Carlin cup final um Like, maybe even on that day, maybe occasion got to him a bit. Another keeper was out, but you can't fault Carrius on that day that was in it. He was probably one of their best players. But they have struck a few wins together now. Um, And as you see from that table, they're two games in hand. They win their two games in hand on Spurs. They're sitting nicely up there. And where is Newcastle's? What are Newcastle's next fixtures like?
2: Uh I'll tell you here now. We'll get it up yeah, on the we we'll get it up on the screen. Uh uh Newcastle have uh matches coming up against Forest away, then United, then West yeah, United. Ham, you Brentford. see, that's what I
1: was looking at earlier. United could almost get away. Kind of get off lightly with um Casemiro gone. That's the kind of big game he's missing. Like you have Fulham in the FA Cup. You should be winning that. Arsenal coasted yesterday past them. I know you were saying, when I text you saying handy one in the cup, you were saying, oh, there's no handy games and all this. Fulham gives a good game. That's kind of nonsense. Not nonsense, but you just don't want to be saying you have a handy draw. Like You got a favourable draw there. Um, You're at home, I think, are you?
2: We're at home to Fulham, yeah.
1: Yeah, so you should be getting through that. Newcastle is the kind of big one. I still think without Casemiro, you should have too much for Newcastle. Um, Sabitzer so can come in there. Fred is doing well. Surprisingly, McTominay had good spells there at the weekend.
2: Yeah, and I said it as well. I thought he had a decent second half. I have
0: to say
1: after after that, like these are all professionals. These boys should be able to come in and fill a gap for two, three games. Like they're getting paid massive money. Yeah, they're training every day. They should be able to come in and at least do that. Then you have Brentford and Fulham both at home. Or Brentford and Everton both at home, you should be six points out of them. I know Brentford are decent football and side and all, but like for what you're aiming for, I think you should be looking for nine points out of your next three games. You would probably take seven, but I think yeah, you should be looking at nine. Like realistically, you take a draw away to Newcastle, I think, because that'd be stopping them gaining an advantage on you anyway. Three points yeah. would be brilliant because it'd be a real well. Let me ask you a game. We-
2: let me ask you a quick question under under red card for Casemiro. Would you because United have the option to appeal it?
1: Okay? No, they didn't appeal it today. Or oh, did they, they not? No, they did. They said right. they're not well, going you. to appeal it. If they appeal that, no way. Well, if Why? if you do if you do if you appeal, appeal it, that'll go to a five game ban if you lose.
2: Yeah, and your your fifth game is not Nottingham Forest. Why would you appeal it?
1: Because you, you could get rescinded. You couldn't. There's no hope that's getting rescinded. Do you see the tackle?
2: I know, but there's just been I, I'm just saying what I The referee
1: been. here, Cluin Otto was a referee in FIFA for twenty eight years and he said it's a penalty.
0: Yeah, there we go. There we there go There we
1: go. So just
2: finally on VAR then. Uh what should be done with it? Would you like to see VAR
1: gone? I t- I think there's a lot of calls. For no, that I league. think I think I think now I think VAR was something that in my opinion anyway, that once it was brought in, I don't think it's ever gonna go. Yeah. I don't think they can get rid of it. It was such a big deal to bring it in. And they finally crossed that line of bringing it in. I don't think. I think VAR is only going to get bigger and more involved. They're going to put more things in it. Like, even if you were to I mean, say, OK, better. but if even if you said that, OK, VAR is only for offsides. Like, how do you just leave it at that? Then you're saying there could be a blatant handball in the box and you can't go and look at it. I'm not saying that is going to happen. Yeah, but well, it's only going to have more of an involvement in football. I think I yeah. don't think there's any way possible that VAR will ever go since it because it's introduced.
2: Yeah, I think you're right, and like technology is is becoming more prevalent in every part of our lives. You know what I mean? So I don't see why that's not going to be the case in football. You know, and what you what other people also have to realize, and and I was thinking about it today, is that remember. What it used to be like before VAR came in, and how everybody, when a decision went against them, the refs, yeah, but the the
1: refs, even as bad as the refs are now, I don't mean bad, they're not all bad, but like, um, they come under a lot of criticism, but they have VAR to back it up there, and they kind of have VAR. There's not as many times now where you heard the ref is being shambolic, it's all VAR talk. Previously, it was like everything is put on the ref, yeah, it is. It's such a big industry with such a big following around the world. Millions watching every Premier League game. And it's very difficult to pinpoint that on one man in the middle of the pitch. I know he has his two linesmen and his fourth official, but you need... When the use of technology is there... I'm not saying I agree with everything VAR does, but when the use of that class of technology is available, you can't not use it.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Like, there's too much riding. There's too much on the stakes of every game. There's... Like, the money that's generated from this alone, I know it's not all about money, but the money that's generated from these, like, football games and everything, there's too much at stake to just put a game of that magnitude down to human error of a referee, and he yeah. has no backup from video evidence.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. Yeah, I no, I agree with you, I do. I just, uh, I don't
1: agree, as I said, I don't agree with everything, but I just think now that it's in, it's never going to go. Yeah. Who'd make a call to say VAR is going? Yeah. Yeah, like if it went, it could never come back.
2: Yeah, and I like I, I was even reading something during the week that that uh, somebody there was a suggestion. Was it Arsene Wenger maybe that was saying it? Because he has a lot of these kind of um, alternative views on how the game should be played and different methods and stuff that he he would like to see two referees, one in each half. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't know. It's getting very political then, isn't it? <laughs> You'd have more referees on the pitch than players. Jeez, KDL games would never go ahead. Ah, go
2: much right. in the middle of the park never moving out with is not it, isn't
1: it? <laughs> He'd be having a cigar sitting up on a high stool at one end.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I wouldn't anyway, agree look,
1: with two refs anyway. No way. Yeah, look. It just uh, looked terrible as well, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, well, then what happens What happens if it's uh, if it's on the halfway line and one ref blows and the other ref doesn't? You know what I mean? Which one do you go with? I don't know. Look, there's, there's going to be controversy about but look, I do think VR is here to stay. I don't dislike VR. I think, I think checking every goal is what I don't like. You know what I mean? Now I know it's there for goals, but if it just nearly takes the celebration out of it, doesn't it? You know, like
1: yeah, it yourself, does. It's 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 a killer in that sense. It's a killer in that sense, and it's just crazy to think. Like, um, remember the World Cup? There was. 8, ten, eleven, twelve 10, 11, 12 minutes being added in the game. Well, How did that just stop all of a sudden? Remember well, that, they were that, saying, was, that was I FIFA. Know, yeah, but remember they were saying, oh, some Premier League games, the game's actually average. The ball is in play for 81 minutes. Yeah, well,
2: there was like, a report this week suggesting it, that the Premier League are going in that direction from next but, season. There's going to be massive of I don't massive, see yeah, going in that
1: direction. I don't see when it was trial and tested at the World Cup. I don't see how it's... They're like, you ah, mean- yeah, we'll do it next year. How hard
2: is it for a Ford official to have a stopwatch in his hand and just click it on and off every time the, the it ball doesn't runs even
1: need yeah. the Ford official probably has enough to be doing without that. They well, I have, know that they know have that, someone up in a box somewhere. Box. That's like,
2: exactly, and you like, have a like you have a countdown they have, they have
1: chips and balls and everything out. They can have it so that it's you know like mathematically yeah. done some way. Yeah, look at rugby. Yeah, it's it's I yeah, know, exactly. I know that's it doesn't clock it may on, not clock go out as much, but. Rugby stops a lot as well. Rugby probably stops as much as football.
2: Yeah, it does. But you get a lot more time out of it then as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, look, let's move it on. Uh, we we'll, we have enough talking about United now. Let's talk about um, potential new Premier League champions, Carden de uh, Yeah. Arsenal... Great result for him on the weekend, uh, I have to say, and I've I it most weeks. I'm getting more and more impressed with him as the season goes on. No, uh, no, not letting you. Why on about?
1: Don't like, don't be getting your hopping on an Arsenal bandwagon there now. Yeah, get stuff
2: now. I, all, <laughs> I I give him credit for playing well. I always say I don't want him to win the league, or I don't think they will still win the league.
1: But well, as the weeks them. go on,
2: they're convincing me more and more. They're growing
1: on you. They're growing on you. They're not
2: growing on me. They're not growing on me. I just I have a very impartial judgment call to make here, right? And I'm saying they're playing good football, they're winning games, they're winning they games. Are. And, and to be fair,
1: to be fair to Arteta, like he he made some astute signings like that Have like when you look at like Zinchenko there. And you see Man City, I know he was kind of tried and tested at Man City, but you'd wonder, was he ever uh, given a proper chance or run in the first team? I know he had games and plenty of appearances. Um, but like they're City are playing like center halves, they're playing Ake, or what's that other guy's name? Um
0: uh, Akanji. Akanji.
1: They're two natural center halves and they're playing him left full. Um like Zinchenko, I think, has been a bit of a revelation. He seems to be a good character to have around the place as well. They all kind of like him, even when they're playing City, all the players were coming over, hugging him after the match. Yeah. There's another man, Jesus. I know he's been injured, but like they're marking this to like a new sign and him coming back. He seems to be another great character, kind of loved around the place. You'd see when he came on the other day, he had a bit of kind of erasemataz to him, a bit of buzz, and I would have been delighted to see he had this kind of, he turned with the ball, kind of a back flick. um. Did a one-two with what's your man's name? Vieira. Kind of a one-two. Vieira kind of ran in from the halfway line with the ball. Jesus yeah. did a flick and he played it back to Jesus. On it was a kind of, I uh, was a stinker of a shot then. Very, very, very tame shot at the keeper. But it would have been a great goal. He he did a lot of tracking back. I know it was kind of more of a cameo appearance there, coming on. What a game to come on in. Um, yeah. Like they're leading, but.
2: Does he come back into the team right here? Does he have to earn his place? What do no, you he'll
1: have to earn his place back into the team. How you, there's no one that walks straight back into that Arsenal team when they're top of the league. I see just have no down here that there are five wins now in a row in the Premier League, 15 goals in the last five games. Yeah. Um, so now they've had three clean sheets in that time, but they've no, they've no problem scoring up at that end. I, they're, definitely 100% playing the nicest football in the Premier League this season. Oh,
2: yeah, absolutely. I agree with they, you. Yeah. It's real
1: fluid, very nice. Odegaard, oh, absolute Odegaard, baller. Yeah, Odegaard's is. the best creative midfielder, in my opinion, in the Premier League on current form, the same way that Rashford a few weeks ago was one of the best players in the world on current form. Yeah. Um, not saying Odegaard is better than De Bruyne or anything like that, um, or Fernandez, say necessarily, but like currently, at this moment, in the last five games, say he's... He's such a good shrewd move as well, making him captain. Yeah. Shaka has come into a life of his own there, kinda of with that weight off his shoulder. Party is someone for me who should get a lot more praise than he does. He kind of goes under the radar there. Um like Casemiro kind of takes a lot of the praise for that role and Rodri and these lads, but Party's doing a fine job there at the minute, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, I agree They've got great balance in their team, I have to say
1: Even signing their Trossard Hattie trossard. assists at the weekend, like Hattrick And they were good assists He's like, he's good vision That one that he pulled back across the box Clipped into Odegaard Odegaard had a bit of work to do now fellow and then buried it Yeah, it's Lovely goal, they're playing very nice football Confidence is beaming That's not an easy place to go London Derby Across the road Fulham, Fulham, are, Fulham.
2: are playing well this season Fulham are, well.
1: Fulham are decent. They're holding their own. They're not really mentioned too much around relegation or anything like that. Arsenal made light work of it. They made it very easy. I tell you, they have no games coming up. They've Palace, Leeds, Liverpool, West Ham, Southampton. This is where it gets tricky. They have five games coming up. Poole looks to be the toughest of that. The rest of the That's, teams. Is that in Anfield? I think that's an Anfield, and the rest of the teams there are in the bottom. They're from thirteen down,
0: yeah,
1: fourteen down, thirteen down, and look if they can get if they can somehow get maximum points there. The pool is a difficult. No matter how well the pool are playing, that's a difficult fixture for any team. Oh, really? You Tell know, me about it. You no, know, but like for any top side going to it, yeah. you know, I know we say like when United play Liverpool. A form goes out the window, which that just shows that it does go out the window. It's a big game, but they won't fancy going there. But their next five, like bar that game, they have four winnable games there. This is where it gets mean for Arsenal. Arsenal come into after them five games, City, Chelsea, Newcastle, three massive games there. If they can still be ahead of City at that point and beat City on that game, I think that's their season. Like, City, Chelsea, Newcastle. Again, Chelsea, no matter what form they're on, that's a London derby. Big derby. Like, scrapbook. Form goes out the window. Newcastle. Newcastle are showing that they're holding their own up among there. Newcastle are still sniffing about the Champions League spot. Mm. Which is a credit to them, too. It is.
2: Great credit to them.
1: I just think... think
2: It's a great credit to them, considering they're not score. They don't score an awful lot of goals.
1: No, they don't, and I think they might sort that. They might address that in the summer. Like they're definitely going to go for a striker. Definitely, like your kind of marquee player is your striker. Their midfield is decent and all, but I. I know this might not make sense, but if Newcastle were to keep their current squad for next year without making any signings, I don't think they'd be doing as well as they were. I don't think they'd do in the position next season they are this year. They need to add three, four players, five players even. I'm not saying five world-class players, but they definitely need to add five to their squad. When you're kind of dealing with the money they are and you have the ambitions, they do. Yeah. You have to. Now, just sorry, while we're talking about Newcastle, gone off the edge, back to VAR. What's your opinion on Nick Pope's?
2: I mean another Stonewall penalty in my opinion I mean it just it reeks of a mistake that he made now look there's the base should it have been a red card as well I think is there not a rule now where if you, if a penalty is given it's not a red card you don't you, there, you
1: that don't rule that well. rule is there but I think I believe anyway that this that kind of scenario excuse me is how would you say is the perfect way to? The rule is if if uh, sorry I lost my train. I thought the rule is double jeopardy unless you make no attempt to go for the ball and you're just playing the man. In that sense, in my right. opinion, Nick Pope yeah. didn't make no effort to go for a yeah. ball. He tried to obstruct your man. He didn't clatter him or anything. Yeah. But he came across him to get in his way to obstruct him from getting to the ball. So, in my opinion, that's a penalty and a straight red card.
2: And a straight red card. And it was
1: clumsy out of him. Very it was, and it's not the
2: first time he's done it this
1: season. It's not, and he got a shot there for England. People say like the Arsenal keeper, um Ramsdale, sorry, Ramsdale. I think he's a fantastic keeper. He comes in for so much criticism, even the same as um, Everton, sorry. Pickford. Pickford comes in for so much criticism. Their height, all this. Pickford is a stellar goalkeeper for England. Pope got given his chance two games. I think he made two blunders. Yeah. So I think until uh, Pickford messes up big time, Pope isn't getting anywhere near that. He might get near and he'd be second or third. but that kind of pass, pass back, all he has to do is touch the ball a tiny bit in front of him, set himself to pass the ball back out. He takes a heavy touch, two, three yards away from, him, yeah. and you can see him rushing back. His split second decision is very poor. He got sent off in the Carling Cup semi final. Was it the Carling Cup or not the Carling Cup semi final in the game no, before it the, Carling was the league Cup game final. before? It. Yeah, and making another rash decision, throwing his hands on the ball outside the box. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great shot stopper, and he's been a great performer for them this season. And they wouldn't be where they are without him. And he was a steal of a signing. Yeah, but he has that in his game. All keepers are a bit mad, in my opinion, anyway. Well, I
2: don't, I don't think he gets anywhere near that England setup. He might be on the panel. I don't think he's ever yeah. getting that number one spot. No, I,
1: I, I, think I can kind of agree with you there too. But, yeah, like that... but I don't,
2: I don't think Pickford is ever going to be not the number one while Southgate is there. And I think maybe if if Southgate does decide to leave in a year or two, I think Ramsdale is is by far the better goalkeeper.
1: Yeah, I don't think by far now. Um, look, Pickford's kind of like Maguire in the sense, on a national team level, that yeah. he, he just puts in performances for England. Hmm. Like, Maguire is poor and all as he has been. The formation there kind of suits him. He's never really, really let England down.
2: No, he hasn't, in fairness to him. In fairness to him. And... Um, but yeah, look, I know it's look, it's looking good for Arsenal. I know a college friend of mine, John, is a big Arsenal fan. He's from London. He listens to the podcast. So uh but yeah, like I, I think uh I agree with you on what you're saying in terms of their fixtures. I think if they can if they're ahead of city going into the into that game against them and they beat them, I think it's game over.
1: Yeah, you see, and and look. And see, they're not ripping up trees at the moment either They're not, they're not, they're not And that's what I was just going to get on to As, like, when Arsenal were winning late Like, would you say there at the weekend Anytime when Arsenal were having them late winners and late comebacks You were like, are they getting lucky? Are they this, that? Look at City at the weekend, 80-minute penalty there Mm. Like, are you saying that? Are they getting lucky? Or are you saying oh, yeah, they 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 are grinded out that result?
2: They are. They're, they're like City haven't been steamrolling teams like we've been used to for the last five or six years under under Pep.
1: You know. I think um, City quietly in itself, but because they have more money, it's not really been as noticed. I think City are kind of in a period of transition almost themselves. Oh, absolutely,
0: yeah, absolutely. And they're
1: still fighting up around there. That's the killer. They'll get the go. game ball back on next season.
2: But Ricey, it goes back to what we were saying last week. If Arsenal make an arse of this and don't win the league this year, they could go another 10 years without winning one. Because yeah, like it goes it shows there, like it shows they're children. having, they're having yeah. the best season they've had in 20 years. And City are having a bang average season and they're still there.
1: Yeah. And it goes back to a few seasons ago when Liverpool were on top and yeah. they should have made more signings. while they were on top, should have just kept improving. So that's what City are doing. See, he had no problem getting rid of Sterling there during the summer, you know? And mm. Sterling was a phenomenal player for him over the last few years. Had no problem telling uh, Cancelo to pack his bags there during the summer. And I'm not saying it was the right decision by any means, but maybe he has something with an attitude or something with... He's he's not ripping up trees there for yeah. uh, Bayern. And I've seen that Bayern have stated that they're under no obligation to keep him in the summer.
2: Yeah, well, there you go. You know, you so go. like there's, there's a lot of them things that you don't see, you yeah. Oh, I mean? that's what, but background. that's what I
1: mean. There's a lot of things there you don't see. Like, obviously, Pep seen something, he had no problem shipping them out that quickly. Um, yeah,
2: but sure, he done the same with Sane a few years ago, didn't he? he just you know, and Sane was now, I think Sane more so wanted to leave, but yeah, um, but he
1: still got rid of him. And as like, but sure, look, when they go to German League, you don't hear much about him. Like, I haven't heard yeah. anything about Sane, I could tell you there now. San has done nothing since that, and you could say, "Well, he's won three German cups and three leagues." Yeah, <laughs> you know, so I don't know what he's at, but like, yeah, he's not in any limelight anyway.
2: No, he's not. He's certainly not on our spectrum anyway. That's for sure. Um, let's talk just about Chelsea. With,
1: yeah, go on to go Chelsea. On, sorry, if yeah. you got something? No, I was just up. going to say there when we were just talking, we can talk quickly about the pool before we go on to Chelsea. When I was saying yeah. there about Liverpool didn't make their signings a few years ago, like you see, they're just. City reign and Premier League champions going through a period of transition with selling plenty of players. Like, even Bernardo Silva was kind of linked to a move away all summer. And then he started playing a few games. And they have such squad depth there. And they're starting to kind of clear out some of the older guard. Yeah. And uh, I wouldn't necessarily say getting younger. I still... I don't believe when you have big squads like that. I don't like seeing centre-backs fill in as full-backs. Because... Fullbacks nowadays is kind of a pure talent on its own. That it's like teams have haven't so attacking and all. Um I know the city fullbacks it'd still be getting up, but I don't really like seeing the centre. Like it's a very defensive aspect for me, I think, when you're putting your centre halves out left full. And the city, a team of city's caliber shouldn't be just having lads covering spe- like you know, filling up um centre halves having to play left full. Yeah. They play that lad Lewis there now, I see a good bit. But they're in that period of transition, still up amongst the mix. When Liverpool had that a few years ago, they didn't stick to it. So they're going through a kind of period of transition now and it's after affecting them a lot more. As yeah. we've seen, form went out the window there against Manchester United. They obliterated them. We know that. But she's then to go back and lose to Bournemouth. Bournemouth. And you would have to say that, like, what an ideal fixture to follow up the United yeah, game. like. Just a kick on. I know Salah missed a penalty. i seen it there. Like, I think for a Premier League player, on that much money and everything, he can't be not hitting the target.
0: He like, missed it by a mile.
1: He did. He did. And it wouldn't have been a lack of confidence or anything. He sent the keeper no. the wrong way and everything. Yeah, I don't know. He he hit it wide. I did see that game now, and Liverpool were all over him. Like if you looked at just even the stats, stats don't matter. There's one stat that that matters, and that's goals. Who puts the goal, ball in the goal more? That's the only stat that matters. But just when you're going into all this xG, goals, yeah. shots, and target passes, passing the final third, Liverpool murdered them in every sense of it. But you yeah. couldn't put the ball in the net, and that kicks them back. Because they, you would have been banking on three points there for that top four. And you would have think the United game was... I tell you, Liverpool fans, it's its a very, very, very frustrating season for
2: them. <laughs> I'm delighted, by. I had a list of lads that I had to give stick to after that game the other day, by, And uh, and it was given. So
1: I tell you, I sold your father. I put me and my missus into the last man standing. Sold your father one. First weekend, Booter's last man standing. 200 gone out of 320. On Liverpool? Should, oh, I'd say
2: United. Oh, United, United. home
1: to Southampton.
2: Well, Racey, I went with City and they only scraped by.
1: Your father texted me the next day say, said, like, Racey, I'm gone before I even got to pay you.
2: He <laughs> <laughs> fucking won't pay you now. That's the problem. Oh. Well, I, wanted to, I want to ask you a quick question about Liverpool because um been, there's been talks now about, obviously, a rebuild in the summer. The owners have basically come out and said that there's not going to be huge investment put in. Uh, They're looking for a minority investment into the club as a partial owner. Uh, There doesn't seem to be any rumors about that happening anytime soon. Uh, And there's been talks of potentially they need to sell to buy. Now, I have been looking at uh, some articles and John Aldridge has said uh, today uh, he's talked about Mo Salah specifically um, And he suggested that Jürgen Klopp could potentially be forced To cash in on Mo Salah If they want a major rebuild in the summer uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on it Obviously again because you're the neutral um,
1: I, think, I think I think, Liverpool But given his
2: age And given maybe how long More you could potentially get out of Salah Might it not be a bad idea To maybe cash in on him in the summer
1: Yeah, I think it's a dangerous. It's a dangerous game. Like I know a lot of Liverpool and a lot of my friends that are Liverpool fans. They've been disappointed with Salah, and Salah has still put up a few good numbers this season for having a disappointing season. Yeah, but I think he just sets such high standards that that's what Liverpool have been accustomed to, and that fluid, free flowing football of the three lads up top. Yeah. In recent seasons, and it's just not really clicking that we can see it in you see it in bursts like against United and some games like that. Like when Nunes is on fire, by God, he's, he's a hard player. To stop. Like he is. Yeah. He's a big man. He's
2: and he's know, able he, to move for a big man. He as well.
1: is, and he has plenty of tricks and flicks, and he scores nice goals. Everyone knows what Salah's about. I would I would like if people are saying a Salah past it and all, I don't think he is definitely not past it. We see he still has it. Maybe could be something to do with motivation. I'm not saying it's anything to do with his love for the club. But I do think if you were to cash in on Salah, this season is the season that you'll have to be cashing in on him. Other than that, yeah, keep him. Um, I'd like to see Liverpool keep him. I'd like to see him still in the Premier League. Yeah. But if you're saying, I don't know, I didn't hear now, if you're saying they need to sell to buy.
2: Now, that's just a talk now. Obviously, I'm just going off a paper talk here now as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He would. He definitely, definitely wouldn't be on my first player to be getting rid of, out of Liverpool. Like, Liverpool still have the spine there of a good team. There is people probably... Like, you'd be thinking the likes of... He obviously wouldn't be getting rid of Virgil van Dijk, so don't pick me up wrong on this, you know? Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: He probably is, as much as I wouldn't like to admit because I think he's a fantastic footballer. He's probably best as, past his best days. That's exactly. not to say he won't have... It's not right. to say he won't have great days in the future, but... He's like after the Virgil, losing
2: a turn of pass
1: by the, the Virgil of two years ago, Like he got done with that bad injury there, Pickford. Was it that done him? That's right. It's a tough injury to come back from any age, but especially when you're hitting your 30s, it's a more difficult. Just to, to be playing at that level, like you're playing against Premier League strikers like Haaland and these lads that are coming in for a well, right. he
2: talked to talk me about that Bournemouth goal on the weekend because you're a centre-back and you've seen like... Obviously, you know Van Dyke going to close him down. He just stops. From what I kind of get from it, it, did he think that maybe Robertson was in a better position than he was? But well, he just seemed to give up nearly.
1: Yeah, look, he did seem to like. It, it, it's been a trait of his that was um, so good over recent years. Was like the organisation, and he's still well able to command. But it's just, it's just like the. It's, it's like he loses that small bit of focus at certain times now. Yeah. But again, he wouldn't be a player that I'd be getting rid of out of Liverpool. No, no, I w- Jesus. I no, wouldn't no. be getting rid of like I don't know who you could sell really because I don't know I don't know who you could sell there that you'd like to be making big money off to buy players that you'd That's want to thing. be leaving. Like the,
2: maybe if maybe if Fabinho or someone like that.
1: I wouldn't even be getting rid of Fabinho. You need to sign midfielders, not get yeah. rid of him. Yeah. And Fabinho's only 28, I think.
2: Would you be worried if you were a Liverpool fan? Not not in terms of, you know, because they're they're obviously they're full of confidence over what, what's what they've done over the last few years and Klopp is still there. But if you were a Liverpool fan now going into the summer, hearing these kind of rumors that there might be as much money there
1: as you think, would you be getting worried? Ah uh, well, yeah, you might be worried. Yeah, you'd be disappointed. Like it's just to kind of it's kind of nearly like the owners be saying, lads, we had our day in the sun. We're going to try and get back in there, but it's not an yeah. immediate plan. I think while they have a manager of top's caliber in there, they shall be going all out. Yeah. They, like the, the owners either want it or they don't. It's the thing kind of about some of these Americans, they run it like businesses, as you see at Manchester United. Yeah. I don't think there'd be anything better than an English club having a good English owner who's, you know. A billionaire. Yeah, business savvy, but mad into football. And, Jim
2: Radcliffe
0: for United. Yeah,
1: no, but no one's going to want to be making a loss. Like, yeah. I know some of the, say Saudis slash Qataris kind of pump in endless money, and it can kind of be like a game of monopoly almost. Mm. Um, money doesn't really seem to matter there, but I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't like to see Manchester United or Liverpool bought over by Qataris. They're kind of two of the clubs with the most history in England. I'd like to yeah, be...
2: the traditional clubs.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd like to. It almost feels like a cheat, almost.
2: Yeah. Chris says back off American
1: owners. Klopp invested badly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, look, I look. Liverpool is definitely one club where I'd say the signings would be Klopp signings. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. You look yeah. at other clubs and you'd wonder how many of them are, but I'd say Klopp has good control. No, he's done Liverpool. savage
2: business there. I mean, he has done you know, savage business. And like and Randy it's just, Robertson, he got him for 15 million, like
1: less, even less. Less, yeah. He got you him for 8 million, I think he got him for. Right, yeah. But we well, at the time, and I know lads that were. We're saying, why the F are we getting him? He's after coming from relegated Hull. Yeah. And Klopp kind of spotted and brought him too. But even then, you look at the game over the weekend, that Bajetik, or however you pronounce that, and Harvey Elliott both started in the midfield. Mm. Um, Like, you're one of the best clubs in the Premier League. And if you're one of the best clubs in the Premier League, you're one of the best clubs in the world. Very, very inexperienced midfield, they're playing, and um, you're not going to put
2: too much more experience if you're going to put Jude Bellingham in beside the two of them.
1: But you're bringing on James Milner then in the 62nd minute or something like that. He's your second substitution to come on. I yeah. know he's been a stalwart and all that, but he ain't changing no game. He'll give nah. you everything, but no, it's like I was bringing level,
2: on Scott McTominay.
1: Yeah, I think it's even further down the line than that now, to be honest.
2: Yeah, well. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Let's talk about Chelsea real quick then, as well. Um, obviously, they had uh, a good result on the weekend for them. Have they turned the corner? Obviously, looked they've had uh, they've had. Uh, I think is it three wins? I have it here. I think three wins in a week now. They've had. Yeah, Chelsea. Um,
1: have, Chelsea have three wins on the bounce, and I was just looking into Chelsea there a bit. Um, Their starting lineup now it hasn't been exactly the same for the last three games, but they went for a different tactic. They went. Um, with a 3 4 3, the last three games before that, they were playing a 4 2 3 1. And they kind of uh, have a back three now of they've Cooley Bally and um they had Cucurella there the last two games, yeah. And who was on the right, but they, they're after kind of getting a bit Reece more James se- is back as well, is he? Reese James was on the right, right wing back, not the last day now, was Loftus Cheek, but the two or maybe it was he was the last game in the game two games before that was Loftus Cheek, um. Then you had Chilwell was in there at left wing back as well. So they're after kind of getting a few players back. I think where they're the winning of their games now at the minute is kind of their midfield too. Um, I think what's it called? There has been uh Fernandez has been a phenomenal signing, which you yeah. would expect for 120 yeah. million. Absolutely, but I think he's taken to the premier league, like a duck to water. He's a joy to watch. Um, you have Kovacic Jim beside him who seems to be playing very well lately. They have a front three there. I still don't believe Havertz is any answer to him. I don't know how no. they spent all the money they did, but didn't get a nine. I think they have that boy coming in the summer. I seen it was in the chat. Yeah, Chris even said there, and Kunku was coming Nkunku. during the summer. That lad is absolutely dynamite pace. That might be what they need through the get middle. Another team. bad injury, though. A nine, but... Is that actually signed? I did see something they haven't signed and he's like
2: I think it's like a pre-contract agreement or something. No, well it's
1: definitely not a free transfer anyway, but is it um I seen this like last November or something? So They definitely didn't sign him and loan him back. Maybe it's a gentleman's agreement of some sort. It's a verbal agreement, maybe. Or but you know
2: what, Ricey? I wouldn't be surprised if they go if they go for Osman in the summer as well, because by the, by all accounts, he's up for grabs. And well, Chelsea you know, did might- say
1: they were going to be doing work there in the summer. You know, they yeah. said they were going to do plenty more. I see Thiago's picked up a bit of a nasty injury now, which is. They'd say he's a big part of that dressing room and a big part there. I see they're signing him to a new one-year deal, and that's yeah. probably a lot more to do with backroom than necessarily out on the pitch although he's still flying it, but they're kind of getting, if they can take that formation, I'm glad to see they stuck with Potter anyway, and I think at this stage, no matter what happens, keep Potter till the summer, no lad is going to be any different. The way Chelsea play, if Chelsea, they could shoot themselves in the foot if they actually signed another manager now, because say if they did let Potter go, I know he's on the back of three results, three wins, so there's no talk of him going right now, but had they say fired him and brought in another manager, who's available there at the minute, just whoever they brought in, Say um, and Pochettino, they, for example. So say Pochettino, for argument's sake, and yeah. say Poch was there till the end of the season and they have 11 or 12 games left in the season and Poch gets him knocked out of the Champions League and uh, of the 12 games left, wins four, draws four, loses four. Then they're saying, jeez, Poch wasn't really that good either. Are they talking to <laughs> yeah. getting rid of him then in the summer and starting fresh again? So yeah. give it to Potter till the summer he they're not getting top four anyway. No, so. no, no. He seems to have kind of got a hold on it now. They had a massive win midweek against Dortmund. Although Dortmund to me always kind of seemed they're kind of overrated. They always come up. They seem to always lose their big game, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: And um, but still a big top European side and a big win. Big, big win there for Chelsea. Um I'm happy to see him through. I always tend to like to see as many English teams in the knockout stages as Possible because they're the kind of teams That you'd follow the most Yeah But I don't know Like you could say they've turned a corner They could lose at the weekend Um, I think it's too early to say they've turned a corner yet But I do think they're starting to gel that bit more Potter seemed to have a little grasp better on it When you sign that many players that quick Did they sign nine in January? No yeah, something crazy like, nine, like that. How are you even going to get them training together and language barriers training? You know, people just getting used to the English general. food, yeah, um, to the English lifestyle. I just I think um see how they are next season, and I do believe Chelsea will be a lot stronger next season than they were this year. I know there's not much time left, but we do want to go in to the relegation battle. Yeah. Because the relegation battle, from what I have written down here from 12th, where do I have it written down? Relegation, there's three points separate, twelve to 18th. Five points separate, twelve to 20th. And some of them teams have games in hand. Look down the bottom there. If you're Bormund on 25 points, or on 25 games, or 26 games played, you win one game, and you're up to 14th. You're out of relegation, up to
2: 14th. Yeah. Like well, we we even seen it with uh, now I know Southampton are still uh, bottom of the table. I but... think
1: Southampton are I think Southampton are snookered. I think Southampton think so? are definitely going down. Okay. I think Southampton but... are, are are definitely going down. I just have a few things to note here. Southampton are 20th. Southampton still have to play City, Arsenal, Liverpool, and Newcastle. Yeah. One thing to note about them is they've got big results this season. They beat City away. They drew at Chelsea, or they bet City, bet Chelsea, drew at United, but they lose to the teams around them. They lose to their Leeds, or they lose to their West Ham's. You know, it's great and great day out for the fans and all, beating the big teams, but you take it all day, losing to the big teams and beating them teams around you.
2: Yeah. They're the odds now for for if we're looking at the bookies. Bookies are pretty certain that Southampton and Bournemouth are going to go down. They're both odds. I, to on. be honest,
1: if I was to be honest, I'd like to, I not that I'd like to see anyone relegated, but of them, I wouldn't mind seeing Bournemouth and Southampton go down. I I don't know why. I kind of have I, I have a real liking for Nottingham Forest. I don't yeah. know why that is. I think because they were just out of it. They have a great history, out of it for so long. And they're back. I don't believe in their transfer strategy or anything like that, but I'd like to see them stay up. I'd also like to see Leeds stay up. I I wouldn't particularly like to see West Ham go down either.
2: Yeah, well, if you're asking me on that one now, I would like to see... I do have a soft spot for Bournemouth, I have to say, just from the Eddie Howe days, I like him, but uh, Southampton, Bournemouth, and I would... Do you know what? I wouldn't want Forest to go down. I wouldn't want Leeds to go down, even though they're massive. Yeah, I don't
1: don't want Leeds to go down either. They're They're, a huge club. Massive fan base, massive following.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: they have a lot of history there. These are clubs you want in the Premier League. You don't want your West Broms and these coming up and Norwich come up and, you know, up and down like yo-yos. Like, you want the likes of your Leeds. I'd love to see the likes of Sheffield United, Sheffield Wednesday, Sunderlands back in the Premier League. Yeah. Do you know, teams where a lot of history there Coming back up Well we're talking
2: history there now I'd like to see West Ham stay up For obvious reasons They're my second team em And Gaffney and all that But um, I think Everton I, 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 Do you know what I think I'd be happy If Everton went down uh, Not that I have av- Anything against Everton I just think the way The club has been run By them owners I think they're just An absolute Shambles of a club At the moment You know And for them to get relegated Just by such Poor management They're going into a brand new stadium in a couple of years as well I mean it would just yeah the only thing I is
1: I think they did make a very shrewd signing there with Sean Dice. Sean yeah. Dice, I'm not going to say they're making Goodison Park a fortress but a lot of people would tell you historically a lot of Premier League footballers talk that Goodison is kind of a very tough place to go and get a result you know, it's yeah. very enclosed the fans are on top of you the fans are being full voice. I know teams in recent years mightn't have had that problem, but Sean is after kind of bringing back, stabilizing it somewhat, three of their last four home games have been 1-0, so they're keeping clean sheets. They have that bit of experience there with the likes yeah. of Coleman and these. Coleman, yeah. Pickford, as we said, is England international. I think they really lack it up the other end. They're really lacking up the other end. They made some horrible, terrible signings over the years, like starting off yeah. and around that year of they signed Gilfie Sigerson, they signed... Rooney and someone else in one season they signed three number 10s in one season and I know Rooney was the last of them to sign and they were kind of taking him because they were like oh we have to it was almost like United taking Ronaldo yeah. back you yeah. know we have to do this like it's Rooney yeah. and they already had two but players even, like, for the, the position he was Walcott going to be playing
2: like had like, their
1: bums their has-beens yeah. the yeah. lads that are just sitting on about 50k a week there for money yeah. for jam yeah. and Walcott though was at Southampton
2: yeah but sure, he went one on one with David or with David de Gea on the, on the weekend, and he now he was in, he was clear, he was about ten yards ahead of Martinez. I just said when he's gone he in, he's not scoring this, no way. He looked like he looked like Neddy Cashin running through, so he did. He was yeah. just all over the place. He was left and right, left and right. He just not no confidence really, but but um, but yeah. So your predictions then on who you so you you're saying you're saying
1: Southampton, Bournemouth, and. Oh, jeez, I don't know. There's teams there. Leicester can easily be brought into that. Like yeah, good. Leicester, I seen they're after losing their last five games, score two goals, conceded ten. They have they don't have the worst running of fixtures. Now, I mean running like there's still twelve games left. Um, so it's a bit more than a run in there's but, only you know, two but,
2: points between them and the bottom of the table. Yeah, like
1: there is like, but even there, you look up Palace aren't out of jail at all, yeah. Nah, Palace were flying it, but you look, look at this for a Premier League season when you think about it. Like, you're imagine being a Palace fan there, you're sitting in 12 thinking you're doing all right. You have six wins out of 26 games.
0: Yeah, I
1: know you have a hell of a lot of draws there, but like six wins out of 26 games, these players getting paid millions.
2: Yeah, Zaha thinking he's the man and wants a big money move.
1: I think his big money move now in England is kind of. Is kind of past that date now. I do think he's a phenomenal player, but I just don't think. No, nah, I, I, mean, if, if I, I think any. I think any of the top. I think any of the top four. I think any of the top four, would take him on a free transfer, or top six. Any of them would take him on a free. But I don't think anybody be going out paying fifty quid, fifty million quid for him. No. Chelsea might. <laughs> Newcastle would be a right space for him. I tell yeah, you that. Yeah, maybe
2: so. Yeah, maybe so. Right, Racy, will we leave it there?
1: Yeah, Jack, will wrap that, all right?
2: Yeah, no bother, man. I appreciate you coming on, uh, as usual. Uh, and to everyone else, guys, thanks a million for uh, listening and watching. If you're watching live, please, please do give us a thumbs up. Uh, if you're listening back to uh, the air Spotify or Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts, please do give
0: us a a review. Uh, United Community Channel, go so
2: check us out on TikTok. Instagram, Facebook, all of the Social medias, Uh, I do appreciate it Uh, I'm going to be back on Thursday night for United's watch-along Against uh, Real Batiste away, second leg, so looking Forward to that, but thanks thanks everyone for listening Uh, We'll be back next Monday with another Podcast, until then, see you later